0: Give a quick update for Pastor Bill. He is in Israel. Uh, th- when he came off the airplane, they took him straight to the Wailing Wall, and he prayed at the Wailing Wall. And he said it was just an awesome experience. You can feel the presence of God. And uh, and then they met with uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu's aide, his senior aide. He was not there. Did how many of you know there was a ceasefire for 72 hours? That's the exact time Pastor Bill is there. 72 hours. And, uh, but I'm there in the middle of trying to, to, settle some of the issues. But, um, and then today he, they actually took them to Gaza, took them up on the mountain where they can see all the rockets that are being fired. And, uh, so I believe God has sent him there for a purpose, a destiny for, uh, for himself, but also for this church. I believe wherever he goes, we go in Jesus name and God is doing a great work in the earth. There could never be a more exciting time to live than today. Amen. It's a good thing we don't walk by fear, but we walk in faith. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, tonight we're blessed. Um, That scripture in Psalm 127 has meant a lot to me. Years ago, Marilyn Hickey came to victory, and she talked about that that we send our children out just like um, a warrior shoots those arrows, just like it says in that amplified ver- version of the of the Bible. That we 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 pull back that arrow and we shoot it forth, and we aim it toward the bullseye. You know, we want we want to hit the exact thing that God has prepared for that child. And uh, so this year, when I was in Florida, I just just the thought went through my mind: have Lance and Courtney come and share with us in preparing young people for the school year this year. Um, I don't know what's coming this year, but I know that the people in this church, the children of this church, they're all going to be prepared for whatever happens in this year because God is watching after us and causing us to do what he says. And uh, so Lance, I just want to give a little bit of a history. <laughs> but Lance is assistant principal at Harrison High School, and, and I know because my granddaughter went there that he's just a wonderful assistant principal and a man of God that and um and not just in in the area of discipline which is I think you're where you mainly are involved but you know discipline requires a heart of love and compassion at the same time because you know hurting people have other issues besides what they're doing and expressing. So I'm grateful for him coming tonight. And Courtney is principal at Dayton Elementary School and uh, I knew Courtney when she was at We All Ridge as uh as actually in your program to become a principal, wasn't it? There for three years. Yeah. Assistant principal there and uh, with mister Shirak, which, you know, he's a great principal and, and now she's been principal for the last four years. Three. Six total? Oh, Sixth year. So she knows what she's talking about. And so we can equip you with the word, but we need the combination of the word with... What we need to know in the school systems, how to cooperate together, so that we can do what God's called us to do. They have three really darling children, Ava, Eli, and Jacob, and um, been a part here for I don't know four or five years now. And um, this is what the Lord just really impressed upon me. They they have experience with administrators, teachers, parents, students. And other agencies that work in conjunction with them to help children with special needs. So they have a host of different people, leaders that they work with to see that the children of this county, in the county schools, and I'm sure it's in the city too, that we make sure through Christian education, through homeschooling, however we do it, that we make sure that these children are equipped for life. Because when they turn 18, they will face life. How many of you know that that are adults in here? Life happened. (laughs) It happened. And we looked really forward to it. But then when we got there, we didn't know what to do with it. I believe that God wants young people to know what to do with their life when they graduate from high school. So will you welcome, please, Lance and Courtney Weldoner. Good
1: evening, everyone. So good to be here. Are you going to play the music the whole time when we're talking? It's so relaxing. No. It just makes everything sound more special, you know? Just getting red. <laughs> Well, like she said, my name is Courtney Wildoner, and I'm the really proud principal at Dayton Elementary, and my husband and I, we've never done something like this, you know, where you have to, like, plan and be on the same page. Can you imagine doing that with your husband? It made me so appreciate Pastor Bill and Pam. You guys just work so well together and works out great, but it took a while. Okay. That gives me hope, maybe. So maybe after tonight, you may not want us to come back, probably. Maybe not. Okay but we're just humbled and excited about the word god has for all of us tonight and we just hope that we believe it's something not just for elementary middle high school but it's for everybody of all ages because we're all learners right we're always growing and whatever applies to kindergartner can apply to all of us so um i do have to start off with a funny story you know pastor pam i just love her so much And I know she's just blessed my heart like she's blessed all of yours. And so when she called, you know, to help us out with this, you know, I have my pencil ready to go. I'm like, all right, Pastor Pam, give it to me. And so she, oh my goodness, Courtney. So I'm writing down and she, this is what I think she says in the message bottle. It talks about a warrior and arrows and all the stuff. So I have ADHD. So I'm listening to her with this brain. But in the other brain, I'm having this conversation, message bottle. I don't know a message bottle. Is this a poem? Is this like something I'm supposed to know? This isn't that church that it missed the message bottle thing. I don't know what's going. Maybe it's a message bottle from Tulsa. Maybe they secret things in the bottle. And then because I'm speaking, I get to know what's in the bottle. Then I'm like, do I ask her about the bottle? Is this a secret to the bottle? Do I, I don't do, I don't do the bottle. So by the end of the conversation, I'm like, I got to ask her about the bottle. I can't like not know. Right. So we it's the end of the conversation and I so Pastor Pam, do I just Google that message bottle? Like I'm very serious here. And she says, Courtney, you do you have a Bible app? I'm like, Yeah. She's like, you just put message Bible in and and I was like, Oh, I was like, dude, I totally thought you said message bottle. I was like so excited about that. And then she's probably thinking, yeah, you, I, you're not speaking. You're not speaking. We're not You totally thought that, didn't you? You did it. Was that I know where to find oh. <laughs> I don't know anything. <laughs> Oh, so anyway, we did not we we did search the word and no bottles here. But but tonight, it's called Meet the Mark, and it is the most exciting time of year. Um, man, every year, I get nervous before the first day of school, and I know all of you guys do, too, and so now we have a second grader and a kindergartner, so it kind of brings a whole new meaning to it, so I get you parents, you know, how that really feels, but um, we have a learning objective. Do we have a learning objective up? Oh, they're, they're going to work on it. Okay, teachers... See Julia and um Miss Lori Oh Lori. oh there you are Lori hi I love Lori Um okay so when Lance and I go in the classrooms every teacher is supposed to post their learning objective Okay. So if you would go into any classroom in typical New Lafayette, wherever you go in there, you would see a learning objective posted because that's kids are supposed to know what they're learning and teachers are supposed to know what they're teaching. So I told Lance, I've got to put in our learning objective. And he was like, Oh, Courtney, I'm like, Lori and Julia will want to know our learning objective. <laughs> see, right. It, get- that's right. <laughs> Lori actually told me, she's like, I'm evaluating you tonight. <laughs> you should have that that you should that's a great test right that's good that's good so your learning objective tonight is i can meet the mark this school year by trying a strategy i learned this evening all right so we're going to talk about three things we're going to talk about perception versus reality what schools were like for all of us in the good old days and what school is really like today. We're going to talk about communication, um, parent to school, school to parent, parent to child, all that good stuff. And then, oh, my favorite, I'm so excited to talk about it. I am a nerd. I really am. Like, I'm not joking. And I love reading. And so I found a book called Mindset. So we're going to talk about fixed versus growth mindset. Isn't that exciting? Oh, it is. Laurie, are you so excited okay all right it's your turn <laughs>
2: i'll step back
1: <laughs> i always say like lance is like a bear he's just like sitting there and i'm like a bee i won't be like that tonight i'll be quiet now okay well what we're gonna
2: actually do i need this can you guys all hear me okay
1: you, you have to, you have okay
2: he won't record okay um To go over the psalm message again, um, I want to look at that a little further. Uh, It says, don't you see the children of God's, are God's best gift? The fruit of the womb, his generous legacy. Like a warrior's fistful of arrows are the children of a vigorous youth. Oh, how blessed are you parents with your quivers full of children. Your enemies don't stand a chance against you unless you'll, um, you'll sweep them off your doorstep. You know what that means to me. When I read that, I think that's the one place where he really spells out to us what children are, um, the responsibility that comes with it um, and the faith that he puts in us to to lay a foundation for them and what a blessing it is and an awesome opportunity for us as parents to 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 uh, tackle that you know to to take on that challenge that he has given to us um, and really make. the the conscious effort to raise them right, raise them up in his name, and 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 build them up for the future. And you know, this point in their lives, if they're school age, if your children are still school age, this is where it's happening. This is the foundation. Everything that is um, that they're going to see the rest of their lives, do the rest of their lives, um, you know, the route, the choices, the decisions they make are are all based in what's happening now to them and and the choices we as parents make um, for them. And you know, a lot of a lot of tonight we're going to be we're going to go back and forth. I mean, obviously, I come from a high school perspective, um, and I can relate to middle school a little bit. Uh, so I'm going to hit on them. Courtney's always been elementary, so her, she's going to bring that that um, that dimension to it. So we're going to kind of go back and forth and talk about it. Um, but I thought it was important just to to look at that one more time, that message, and um, you know, r- really really understand what he's trying to say there. So
3: when I read that,
1: I thought about, um, a warrior, you know, like an Indian warrior, right. And like a warrior, when he's getting ready for battle, he would like probably pick out the best arrows. Correct. Right. You don't want to be in a war and have a arrow that's broken. And so it kind of made me think that every child has a predetermined destiny, right? We all start out as perfect little arrows, nice and straight you know, ready to meet the mark, and then life happens. And when I if I looked at my school and looked at them all as little arrows instead of little beautiful children, I would see some arrows that have some splinters. I'd have some arrows that maybe are bent a little bit. And I see some arrows that are broken. And it's our job in your job to make sure that no matter what that arrow looks like that they meet the mark and the mark is kind of multi-layered for me you know in a school realm the mark is i step and passing and all those things right but in a spiritual realm the mark is also god's predetermined, you know journey for you so That's what we want to talk about tonight, how we can all hit the mark together, right?
2: First off is uh, perception versus reality. And and what we mean by that, the perception side of it is for you as parents, the reality actually is more in line with with the kids, what they know and what they see. Um, If you're going to go into this school year, and, and this is a very important part of this, if you want to... Be there for your child. Understand what's going on. You've got to understand the perception that you have from your memories, from your experiences that you had as a student are not the same that they're seeing. It has changed so much. I mean, yeah, the infrastructure is still there. You walk into a big building. It has classrooms. It has a teacher's desk. It has multiple student desks. Same thing you and I had. That's still the same. Uh, but everything else is so much different. I, I mean, you know, we're privileged right now that, that we have our memories, but we also know the reality. So we can help you understand that. But the truth is, what you remember about school is, is nothing what these students are experiencing today. And their reality is so much different. Um, and for a few that are still in school that are here, they, they've probably sat and heard mom and dad talk about their experiences and probably thought, uh, it's a lot different now. <laughs> Um, and it is. School is so much different. The, um, the pressure on both sides, uh, the pressure for schools, for teachers um, is much more than it used to be. Um, the expectations, if, even if you don't follow education, I'm sure in the last five years, you've heard something about it, how it's changing a little bit. And it's amazing what you know, we're to the point right now, most of you or some of you probably know this, even teacher pay is determined on how students do in the classroom. Um, schools receive letter grades. So you can walk in about any school now and you probably see a banner, we were this grade or, or that grade. That impacts pay, everything. I mean, things are so much different than they used to be. So schools are very aware. We as administrators, uh, teachers, uh, we all understand that and we know that it's, it's, it's there, we have to perform. Um, and so a lot of the memories you may have of sitting there and, and walking every class you went into is just a lecture, write notes, set and listen, to somebody talk for 50 minutes and then move on to the next class. Um, it's not like that anymore. I mean, you, you the lecture's there, you still have it, but were well, you walk in about any classroom now and it's, it's this, that, well, I mean, we're constantly moving, throwing different things. Um, the research is, is changed so much. So it, it, classrooms are much different and it's important that you understand when you sit and talk to your child about school today um to keep an open mind and remember that that man it, it's different than what you had a lot different um the pressure for students that that more so than anything else has uh, is is incredible the pressures you and I had as students doesn't doesn't even hold uh, anything to what they have um i step started mid 90s something like that that was probably the first test that came along um and then just in the last five, 10 years, we've had the addition of ECAs, which are into course assessments. The kids have to take, uh, they have the I step multiple grade levels. Now they have to take it all throughout school. Uh, they have advanced placement exams. They have the pressure of high grades, um, to achieve and to move forward. And, and I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine working under that pressure. I mean, I'll take my alma mater, for example, our alma mater, sorry. Um, most of you that live around here are familiar with Ball State. That's where I went to school. Um, it's a great school, even today. It's a wonderful school. It has some national league programs. Their architecture department is incredible. Their uh, business school is nationally ranked. Their teachers' college probably doesn't get any better in the Midwest um, in terms of producing teachers. And but when I graduated in '89 and it was enrolling at Ball State, I wasn't valedictorian like she was, but I had decent grades. And I knew I was in. I wasn't even after thought. I applied to go there. I didn't even worry about whether or not I was getting in. I knew it. But today, I've sat across from students with excellent academic record and get denied from Ball State, even. Um, and so you can imagine what's happening like at Purdue or IU or Harvard or MIT, any of these other schools. I mean, the pressure to perform, the pressure to be successful on these students. I mean, imagine every year, you know, walking into your school year, you're going to have anywhere from two, three, four tests that are national or statewide tests that are comparing you to everybody else that's going to school right now. And that's going to determine your future, what school you're going to go to. Um, So you can imagine the pressure. And we read about the unfortunate side of that pressure sometimes in the news, um, but it's there. I mean, the perception that you and I have as students... Versus what the reality now that the students or students now face, what the schools look like is so much different. And if you can grasp that understanding, and probably the best way is just talk to your student, talk to them, find out what's going on. But walk in with the mindset that I can probably be helpful because I've been there. But it's a lot different for them, and try to listen to them and gain that understanding uh, and help them through um, their processes. So you're
1: doing a good job. Thank you. We didn't practice together, so I really didn't know what he was going to say. you <laughs> awesome. Good job. Keep up the good work. Thank you you kind of stole a little bit with what I was going to say. It's okay. It's okay. I'm, I'm like rephrasing in my brain. But just to piggyback off what he said, and I kind of didn't know if I wanted to share this or not because this can be a really touchy issue, but you know what? I'm going to, okay? I have sat across the table from parents and students uh, many times, and sometimes in really high stressful situations, hard conversations. And um, the one thing, I just want to give you one little piece of advice, and it's three words, assume positive intentions. Assume positive intentions from your teachers, from your principals. Your experience then I'm not just talking about academics now. I'm talking about like emotionally, you know, because we can all go back to our elementary, middle school. Oh, you couldn't pay me a million dollars to go back to middle school. A million dollars? No. I will be 34 right now. Okay? Um, Many times as parents, we are so afraid that what happened to us is going to happen to Billy or Susie that sometimes when we're in a situation that happens to our child, we immediately revert back to that hurt, and we act out of the place of hurt. I cannot tell you how many times I'm talking to a parent, and and they're very upset, and I say, sounds to me like you've had some experience with this. And they say, yes. And the tears come. And I say to them, This is a different time. This is not your life. This is your child's life. It's going to be different. It's trust. And oh, it's so hard to trust people. It is. I get it. You are giving us your most precious, special gift, the best you have to offer. And we get that. We get that, right? But we're on your side. We're on your side. We love your kids. We have we have a lot of at stake too. You do, we do. We're both coming to the table. So, if something happens to your child that makes you get into Mama Tiger mode, you know what I'm talking about, ladies. <laughs> you know it, right? I want you just to think. Okay, Courtney said, assume positive intentions, right? Assume that it's going to get handled. Assume that this time it's going to be different. Assume that those angels are watching out for your babies. All right. So I just wanted to give you that.
2: Um, uh, communication. You know, we did, we did, we did talk a little bit together. Don't let her fool you. We had a couple long drives. We had to go to Chicago one day. So we turned off the radio and talked about this so we we did talk a few things together and when we were talking about communication um we actually decided to to break it into three parts um the the school communicating to you you communicating to the school and then you communicating as a parent with your student your son or daughter um i think those are probably the three biggest facets to to help you get through this um The school to you, I mean, that's just your basic information sharing, Um, but it goes in line with how much schools have changed. We understand how important it is. You want to hear from the schools. You want to know what's going on. You guys, if you do have students in school right now, you're probably getting letters from the school, letters from your teachers, especially at the elementary level, introducing themselves, things like that. Um, So right now we're in that phase of really getting information out to you guys. Um, But we've also tried to step it up in other areas. I know TSC, uh, if you're part of Lafayette School Corporation, they use a system called PowerSchool. It allows you, as long as you have Internet access or app on your phone, um, 24 hours a day, seven days a week to get on, look at your students' grades, their attendance. Um, Most teachers even do a pretty good job of posting um assignments that are upcoming for the week uh websites teachers many of them have their own websites out there so we know it's important we're really making an effort to communicate to you and share information with you Um, so that is an area where schools are trying to improve and be better for you Um, parent to school kind of goes in line with um you know some of a few things we've been talking about right now don't be afraid to contact the school don't be afraid to contact the teacher Times are different, and I think most, there's, you know, there's always a, a bad example for all this, but most teachers that I know that I work with are more than willing to communicate with you. Um, the, the one thing, though, you got to remember you shoot an email out, don't think they're going to reply back right away. You got to remember, they're working too they're, they're teaching in front of students all day long. They may have anywhere from a hundred to 150 te- uh, students that they see all day. So in the evening, they got a plan for the next day. They got a great papers for all those kids. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a hard job. And if you're expecting a response and I, and I get phone calls as an administrator all the time, I just sent an email two hours ago and I haven't heard anything back, you know, you know, just give it a, give it a little bit. They'll, they'll get back with you. Um, and I know she does too. Um, but just have some patience, and and, and and we'll get back to you. I know from a minute uh, I, had a, um, I had a parent email me, and um, I actually did respond back to him. I don't know what the email even showed our superintendent. I said, look, I even replied back to him. But um, it was less than 24 hours. He had called our superintendent, upset that I didn't respond back. And I told the superintendent, I did. Um, it's there. I'll find it. And I did. Um, but anyway, my point of all that is our superintendent in his response to this parent, his philosophy is three days. He goes, I give you know, if, if it's been three days and you haven't anything back, then we need to do something. Um, but, but give us some time. All right. And three, I mean, I think we all make an effort to get back right away with you guys as soon as we possibly can. But, um, that's a big, um, complaint that we get a lot, not, not soon enough, not quick enough. And we live in that age, right? We get instant information. We expect instant responses too. Um, so, um, but also, you know, if you've had a bad experience and I, and we both deal with this a lot too, um, you know, encouraging people to contact us, you know, I, I may talk to a parent, I, you know, there's a student in trouble. I've got to call the parent, tell them what's going on and talk to him about it. And, um, you know, and then along the way, we may start talking about grades and, well, do you know, you know, understand that where they're at and all that. And I got to re-explain, you need you need to get on power school, look at that stuff or call. We'll be happy to inform you how your students doing, um, things like that. So just please, um, whether or not, whatever your experiences were make an effort to be in contact with the school, even if it's just a question, call the school, call and ask, um, we're there for you. We want to help you. Uh, so, and then parent to child, I think, um, gets a little more into, um, you know, really finding out what's going on. And, and, you know, Courtney even corrected me on this, and I'm glad she did because it's helped me a lot. But, um, you know, we were, we were sitting down one time. I asked, hey, how was, how was school today or how was daycare? I forget what we were talking about. Oh, it was good. Okay, great. And I went about doing my own thing too. And she's like, she's like, you know, we really need to make an effort of, of going a little bit further and peeling back the layers a little bit. Instead of asking, hey, how you doing and getting the standard response, ask maybe what would their best – what, happened, what was the best thing that happened to you today? What was the worst thing that happened to you today? Um, you know, things like that. And 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 turning off the TV at dinner. We've gotten a habit of leaving the TV on and eating, and it really reduced Peppa the amount Pig. of conversation. Huh? Peppa Pig. Peppa Pig, yeah. Um, it's a good show, but anyway. Um, <laughs> but th- those are things that, you know, really try to make an effort to communicate, try to peel back those layers, find out, because... Um, you, you know, coming from what I do all day, which is, you know, my biggest responsibility at Harrison is handling the discipline. I've got a lot of other things that I do as well, but uh, the day-in, day-out thing that I've got, it, that if there's an issue and it has to be addressed, I'm the one that has to address it. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, I get to see a lot of the bad. Um, I get to see a lot of the good. Um, and but, but mostly it's dealing with the issues, you know, the problems. The And... and Even, even take, let's take Harrison, for example, it's a wonderful school. I would put it up against anybody. It's a school of over 1800 kids, but, um, academically, I think we're as strong as any, you take a small school that goes out and tries to recruit the best kids and our, their sole focus is academic performance. I would put our kids against up, up against them anytime. Um, and it's funny, I read a, an article in is either Newsweek or Forbes talk. They are ranking the top 10 high schools in the country. And one of the benchmarks that they used was um, how this school performed what's called a, uh, uh, the National Quiz Bowl. Um, if you've ever seen Brain Game, right, you know, if you've lived in this area and had NBC for any number of years, you've seen Brain Game on a Sunday, you've came across it. Well, it's just a bigger example of that. You you, know, you send kids, they sit and they, they get quizzed and um, their performance, they keep moving on. Uh, well, three or four of these schools had listed on there that they had won National Quiz Bowl. Harrison has won the National Quiz Bowl. Mm-hmm. Was it four or five years ago, Harrison took our team, made it all the way to the finals, went to Washington, D.C., and won it. Wow. And we're there every year. I mean, academically, it's as strong as anybody. But there's also drugs at Harrison. There's also alcohol at Harrison. There's also fights at Harrison. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it has all that stuff, too. As wonderful as the school is, it is. Um, and my point of this is... It, especially as they get older, hit middle school and high school, the most important thing you can do is know what's going on in your child's life. I've sat in front of many of wonderful families who just get blindsided by my phone call. I had no idea that they were involved in this. I had no idea that this was happening. And as I talk to them and find out what's going on, um, you know, you can pick apart pieces of that conversation. Well, maybe if you're just going to, you know, paid a little more attention there, you would have known, you know, or if you're letting him stay the night at so-and-so's house on a Tuesday night, um, you know, or things like that, that you're like, maybe if you just would have noticed that, mm-hmm. um, you would have seen this coming, but it, it is, it's, un, it's unfortunate. And, um, there are, you know, when they walk into high school now, even a middle school nowadays, um, everything that you as a parent want them to avoid is staring at them in the face. It's all right there. Um, and, you know, I, I just, some poor girl, um, and this one just keeps jumping out at me, so I'm going to share it. This poor girl was in love. She's a freshman. She thought one thing to make her boyfriend happy would to send a photo to him, an inappropriate photo, um, as a freshman. She's in love, right? boyfriend and her breakup a month later he decides to show all of his buddies now that thing is out there everywhere and, and the real point of all this is a couple years ago she was a senior and I'm investigating another issue like this where um, some kids have some photos um, and they're sending them out which is a federal offense um, now even for students under 18 years old it's a federal offense to do that um, so we're investigating it. And one of the photos that is found is this poor girl. So I have to call her down and tell her, remember that picture four years ago, it's still out there. So here, this girl for the rest of her life, will have to worry about this. Um, and that, that's just one example of many that, that we have to deal with and why you, and, and don't even get me started on technology. I love it. i just not them we all do, no. but, don't get them started. but it, it's, I, I, we, there's a little one for your parents, too. There's an app out there, and I forget the name of it, but it's a uh, calculator app. If they punch in four digits on that calculator, it automatically opens up a whole other world that you and I don't. They can hide photos. They can hide messages. They can hide all kinds of stuff on there. And you and I would look at it and just see an app for a calculator and have no idea what's on there. Um, So be involved. huh? Well, they just set it up. No, they set their own code in there, and they can hide stuff from you as a parent. Um, so it's it's just be involved. Know what's going on because this day and that's another example of how different. I mean, you and I, probably most of you, when you made a phone call, you did this growing up, right? And, and, and these kids know nothing but this technology. I mean, we issue computers at Harrison, and um, God bless them, but... Uh, It's also keeps me busy. Um, so be involved, know what's going on. Um, talk to them, know who their friends are. If things are different, you were young once, you know, we know what we remember. We did to sneak around the rules of our parents, you know, don't be naive. Don't think it would never happen to my child or they would never lie to me. I hear that a lot. Um, and, and, but, but, but do just be involved, know what's going on, be there with them. Um, I'm sorry, I probably went much longer and went a lot further down that road than I expected to. But um, that that's, you know, so school to you is very important. You to the school, make the effort uh, and, and be in contact with them and, and that communication with you and your child. And, and one more thing about parent to school. The more, the one thing that my philosophy is, the more you make the effort to communicate, when you do have to have that tough conversation, the easier it is for both sides. Mm-hmm. You know, If I make those small little phone calls here and there, even though they might be not pleasant, uh, Johnny's got a detention tonight or something like that, or, oh, this has happened. You know, The more I do that, though, the more I let the parents know what's going on, I have have found, and it has never failed me, when I really got to call them and something really bad has happened, um, that trust is already established. They know I'm going to shoot them straight, tell them what's going on. Um, I'm not going to try to hide anything. Um, And it just makes those conversations much more easier. And I think that would relate to... You as a parent with your student as well. The more you address things, the more you tackle. When there is something serious and you're not sure how to handle it, if you've laid that foundation with them, it's much more easier to sit down with them and have that talk. So, this
1: is going to get better. It's going to get more positive. I promise. Okay, <laughs> is this good? It's kind of like you're all going to be like, "Oh, good word." Okay, um, one thing about parent to child um so lance and i work in the same corporation and sometimes it's weird because we go to the same meetings you know it's like it's, he's my husband but you know I'm like hey you know um but what was he never wants to sit with me i never i'd like act like i don't know him sometimes i'd like, <laughs> I'd, like i want to be like so professional you know what i mean he's like hi i'm like hey
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> i'm getting better though right you are. i just get embarrassed i think i'm just, like, just got to focus um what was the name of the lady that did fierce conversations at deli deli something well anyway we were in this um training and it was called fierce conversations and i was like sweet i do want to be lance's partner for this you know it's like i was like fierce like does that mean like we're gonna fight each other or something like i totally kick his butt if we fought you know <laughs> but um baby. i would right I would just like confuse you so much. You'd be like, oh, geez, leave me alone. (laughs) (laughs) But basically it was saying fierce, like having hard conversations, but doing so in a respectful, honest way. And so I want you to think for a second about a conversation that you need to have with someone in your life that you've been putting off that feels really awkward right gosh i tell you what talking to kids sometimes is really awkward right all the kids at my school call me weird you're so weird mrs will like yeah i know you know because i don't care i'm weird be scared of me Ooh. see i can't believe i just did that and it's like it's like this is who this is how i am though Lori. right this is like this is really me weird now you get it <laughs> but um Think about a conversation you need to have, right? It could be about life. It could be about boys. It could be about girls. It could be about friendship. But think about that conversation and have it soon. Because if you don't have that conversation with your child, somebody else is going to have that conversation with your child. You have got... To have a conversation with them and give them the word of God and what's truth, and you gotta flood them with it, even when it's really awkward and weird, and maybe in your family, like you don't really talk about those things or or whatever it is, talk to them. You have to have a relationship with your child where it's like, "Hey, what's going on? Uh, uh-uh, uh, you're lying to me. What is what's going on? I know it. What, what's happening? You know, your child's gotta feel okay to come to you and talk to you about things." So your goal tonight, you have homework, is to think about that conversation you need to have. And it could even be somebody in your past or your mom or something. But have the conversation. The consequences of not having a conversation outweighs what would happen if you do have it. Okay? So. Ooh, is it time? It's time. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Fixed mindset versus growth mindset. So Carol Dweck is a psychologist, and um, basically she's saying she's she's going against the grain, and I love it. And you might disagree, and I don't know, whatever. But um, intelligence, when we all went to school, we maybe got an IQ test, right? And back then, they said that intelligence was fixed, right? You have an IQ of 80? Yeah, you're average, you're going to just make it in life. Maybe you have a learning disability. Sorry, Johnny, this is all that's there for you, right? Carol Dweck says that that's not true, that intelligence is not fixed. Isn't that awesome? It's so awesome. And she doesn't know this, but she's speaking God's word because when I was reading this, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so how God sees us. But I want us to be really reflective here and I'm going to tell you some examples of fixed mindset because when I read this book, oh my gosh, I was like, man, this is me. <laughs> this is me. And you can have a fixed mindset, but in just different areas of your life. So I want you to really think about it, okay? So this is your purpose for listening. You're listening to see are you do you have a fixed mindset? And you're also listening to see if it fits fits one of your children, okay? A grandchild. All right, you ready? Fixed mindset. My intelligence is fixed. I can't change who I am. My performance is a reflection of my character. So if I fail, it means I'm not smart. I stink. I'm never going to get any better. I messed up in the past and I can't change who I am. I just, it doesn't get any better. People with a fixed mindset have a really hard time. Of receiving any kind of feedback. Because if I say to you. Jimmy. Could you read this a different way? Could you try this? What I'm really saying to him. Because his performance. Is wrapped up with the self worth. What he hears. Is I'm not doing it right. I stink. I fail. I'm not going to try. People with fixed mindsets. Think that the cost. The cost. Of not looking smart Is not worth me trying So many times I sit In classrooms and I have a Jimmy Or Johnny, I like to use that name Who just Won't try, they won't do it They won't work And most of the time they're really smart kids They just, they don't want to look dumb They don't want to fail They don't want to fail Okay Growth mindset Growth mindset Oh, can anybody read that up there? <laughs> I forgot my big one. Sorry. Okay, growth mindset. I failed, but I'm going to try harder. Not a big deal. If someone's criticized me, I can take it and adjust. I'm like an athlete, you know? Somebody says, make a little adjustment, okay? Because my worth is not wrapped up in my performance, right? They're able to embrace challenge. They're able to say, it's okay. I can try this really hard thing because failing is just part of learning. I always say, think of the word fail, first attempt in learning, right? But as parents, you've got to hold on to this because grades were so important to us. It was really easy to get an A or whatever growing up. It is not that easy now. Okay, so what she's saying is that we have to praise kids not for performance and intelligence. And you're so smart. We have to praise kids for their effort and grit and attempting really challenging things. Okay, that's awesome. It's a good word, isn't it? It's a good word for us. And I think why this is so important is because in a day when you heard Lance talk about all the pressures, We have state officials saying that you are worth this score on a test. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna cry if I tell a story, but I had this Hispanic family come in um, just during registration and this mom was distraught and she said, Courtney, we got this test back and it says that she did not pass, she got a one out of five. It was a mistake. And she was sobbing. And she said, we have worked all summer on this, and we're going to work harder, and we're so sorry. And, and I just grabbed that girl, and I said, you are not a number. You are not a number. And I told her mom that, too. I said, this is a mistake. I said, she is more than this. You know, she's one of our smartest, brightest, see, I praise smart again, but she's one of our best kiddos. Like don't ever get discouraged from what a test says that you are or you're you are not. Okay. But, um, I want to show a video. Can we show the videos are going to work? Okay. This video is, um, a little, Ooh, I better hurry. Oh no, you're gonna find it. This video just to prep it is about praise and how to choose your words wisely. All right.
4: So, check this out. Carol Dweck and her colleagues wanted to look into the impacts that praise had on children's development. So, what they did is they took over 400 fifth grade students from all across the nation and they did a really simple yet interesting study. Here's how it went down they gave all the kids a really, really easy non verbal IQ test. There were 10 questions, and at the end of the test, they praised all the children in one of two ways. The first group was praised for their intelligence. So they said, wow, great job. You must be really smart at this. Now, the second group was praised for their effort. So they said, wow, great job. You must have worked really, really hard at this. Now, this is a really subtle difference, but the impact it had is incredible. So after praising the kids and getting them divided up into the two groups, they gave them all an option for their next test. The first option was, hey, this next test is going to be a little bit harder, but it's going to be a great opportunity to learn and grow. Now the second option was, this next test will be similar to the first and you will surely do well on it. Now the interesting thing is, out of the group that was praised for their intelligence, 67% of them chose the easier option, while 92% of the kids who were praised for their effort chose the harder test. This is unbelievable to think about, how just the subtle difference in the way that they were praised had such an impact. Carol Dweck explains why this happened.
3: child or adult hears, oh, you think I'm brilliant and talented. That's why you admire me. That's why you value me. I better not do anything that will disprove this evaluation. As a result, they enter a fixed mindset, they play it safe in the future, and they limit their the growth of their talents. Whereas focusing on the strategies they use, the way they're stretching themselves and taking on hard tasks, the, the uh, intense practice they're doing, those are the kinds of things that say to a child or an older athlete, It's about the process of growth. As a result, they don't feel, oh, if I make a mistake, you won't think I'm talented. They think, oh, if I don't take on hard things and stick to them, I'm not going to grow.
4: Next, Dweck and her colleagues gave all the kids a really, really difficult test. It was one that they would surely fail, but they wanted to look at how the different kids attack this challenge. Dweck noticed that the group that was praised for effort worked harder, longer, and actually enjoyed this test more than the group that was praised for their intelligence. This group got really frustrated with this test and had the tendency to give up early. After this artificially induced failure round, all of the kids were given a third and final test. Now This test was the same level of difficulty as the first one, but check out the results. The group that was praised for their intelligence actually did worse on this test than the first one. Their average score actually dropped by 20%. While the group that was praised for their effort did significantly better, raising their average score by nearly 30%. This is a 50% difference in performance that was caused by a few subtle differences in the way that they were praised. This study shows how praise can either make or break a child's development. I mean, we all do it. We all want to be positive with the children we work with. So teachers, coaches, parents are always looking for ways to support their kids and tend to praise them quite a bit. So we need to look at research like this and realize, okay, praise is a good thing and there's nothing wrong with being positive, but we need to be very careful about praising someone's intelligence or abilities and focus more on the process and the effort that they put forth. I think this is a pretty easy fix that will help us develop growth mindsets within the kids that we work with. And as all the research shows, having a growth mindset has a big-time impact on the development of a child, whether it's on the court, in the classroom, or just in life. Thanks so much for following along and watching this video. For more like this, visit championshipbasketballschool.com and click on the championship newsletter. We'll see you next week. Thanks.
1: Thumbs up if you learned something. Isn't that interesting? Okay, I love it. So, when you talk to your kids, it's not you're so smart. You passed because you're smart. I love your effort. I love the way when it was hard, you didn't give up. I love that you kept going through that challenge even though you knew. Make it so that it's safe to keep trying. Pastor Bill said something on Sunday. Everything that God has for you is beyond your ability. And um, it made me think that, you know, God has a growth mindset for you. He has a growth mindset for our kids. He doesn't have a pass-fail rate, right? Right? He doesn't have a pass-fail rate. Show that success thing real quick. Oh, can you get it back? Oh, she's switching things. But God loves you. He knows you're on a journey. And, and maybe tonight you're thinking, man, I really do need to change my mindset. Maybe I need to just believe that God's got great things for me. And maybe something happened in your past, whether it was at school or in, sometime soon, that said that you're not good enough or that you're not going to amount to anything. And that's a lie. That's a lie. God has a growth mindset for you. He has a plan for you. So, all right. Did you learn something tonight? All right. Awesome. Okay, I think that's, that's all we have. Praise the Lord. Now, oh, I'm supposed to pray. Okay. And grandparents. Okay. Just bow your head with me. Jesus, Jesus. Lord, we love you. We thank you that you have a growth mindset for us. We thank you that we're still a work in progress, and we thank you that our kids are still a work in progress. And we thank you that when we look at our kids, we see all the gifts and the talents that you have placed in them, and we just believe that God's best is for them, Lord. And we just thank you for the perfect words to pour over our children that will encourage them to keep going, to face the challenges, and to believe the plan that you have for them, Lord. We thank you for straight arrows. And we thank you for the people who have broken arrows; that they see themselves as straight. We love you. We thank you for the parents that they just have the strength and the wisdom to keep going day by day. And we thank you for the grandparents who continue to support the families. We love you, Lord. We just lift you up at this time. And we thank you for all that you've done for us. In your name I pray. Amen.
0: Praise the Lord. Aren't you glad for Christian educators that can see beyond just what it says in the book, but have the heart to search further to make it be better for the young people that are being raised. You know, uh, when you get to be this age, you realize they're going to take care of us. We better get it right. Hallelujah. (laughs) Makes me a better grandma. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I forgot to pray for one group of people, and I'd like y'all to bow your heads. We're going to pray for homeschooled children, parents. Um, I know your wife is homeschooling this year, and I know that Laurel's homeschooled for a long time. I know Brad and Jen, they're homeschooling. Are there others in here that you're homeschooling this year? back here Hatfields. father we thank you for these parents and we thank you for these children i believe we prayed for the children but we pray for them as parents that they will have wisdom in in the things that you've given them to do and that as they apply the things that that you give them in the word but also in incorporating them uh and causing them to grow in areas where maybe they're not uh this at this age maybe maybe they don't see the things that they think they ought to see i thank you that you'll encourage the parents of those that uh because they're not always around others they have uh group settings but on a daily basis they're just there together i ask you lord to encourage them both and that that you would show them uh every day Keep them on that task that you have planned. Give them strength when they grow weary. Help them on the days when they feel like I don't think I should have done this. We bind that in Jesus' name, Lord. You have all kinds of, of uh, ways to educate. You use Christian schools. You you use the public schools. You use homeschooling. The main thing is that we know that the people that are in our care are learning what they're supposed to learn, and that we're being the vessel. And I pray that for all of those that are homeschooling young people this year. I'll also pray tonight, Lord, for anybody here who's come and uh, they've never had an opportunity or even had somebody say to them, do you know where you're going to spend eternity? Because that's really the ultimate goal that we all have. We will all leave this earth either in a rapture, as the Bible says, or we will die in the physical body. But we want to live forever with the Father and with the sun, and we want to be in a place where you've designed for us to be, not where the devil has been designed to be. And so I thank you tonight that if there's anybody here who has never invited Jesus to be the Lord of their life, never invited Jesus to participate in their life, because... Lord you are the greatest instructor of all there's no one like the Holy Spirit of God to instruct us and teach us you're the greatest teacher and if we don't have you then we have really no ability to go beyond ourselves to know how to teach others and so I ask you if you're here tonight you've never given your heart to Jesus if it, but you want to and you want to get that situation right tonight for your life for your future uh, if that's you and or you've walked away and want to come Would you just lift your hand? I want to pray for you tonight before we go. Anybody? Let's all just say this. Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he died for me, that he saw me from the very beginning, and he was willing to give his life that I might have life. I give you praise forgive my sins show me the things I need to know teach me in the way that I should go that those who follow me would find the right way and find the path that they need to follow help me to lead the way I'm called to lead so that others along with me will benefit from my life now, Father, I thank you for every person here. Would you just stand where you are tonight? And uh, I just pray a blessing over all of you um, that that you will go from here. First of all, let's give one more hand of applause for our, for our helpers. <laughs> we're thankful. We're grateful. And for Julia and Lori. And, and when we were praying up here tonight, I was thinking of all the teachers that aren't here. You know, I don't know why I've always, from the long time way back, um, and and I know someday in this church, there will be a Christian school because I know God's called us to do that. But not not because we don't like public school, but because God's called us to have a Christian school. Nobody should do anything that God didn't call them to do, not because something didn't go right somewhere else. But I've always wanted to have this big thing for teachers, all the teachers. And pay for it and take them all to breakfast and bless them and and give them something that says, we believe in you. We we appreciate you. We thank you. You know, I I know uh, from being a pastor, sometimes you do your very best, but you miss it how many of you have missed it, but, but you're expected to never miss it. And so, you know, I think sometimes they just need a cheerleader that says, you know, we're going to stick with you. Even if you miss it, we're going to be with you and we're going to be praying for you. We're not going to be criticizing you at our dinner table and then sending our students to school tomorrow, expecting them to respect you. How many of you know that doesn't work? It just doesn't work. And so I agree with the very first thing or something that you said, I think it was you, Courtney. And, and I, appreciate your heart, Lance, that we have to believe that where our children are, they are called there to succeed. And it isn't based on a teacher's performance. It isn't based on a coach's performance. It's based upon the word of God and as we speak it and declare it over our children. And so I declare the word over you tonight. Just lift your hands. Father, in Jesus' name, I declare that the people in this house tonight are anointed by God to lead, to lead their children to lead others in their workplace to be a representation of the love of God and the life of God and that everywhere they go the life of God flows through them I thank you I thank you father that there's no lack for any of them in Jesus name that they are blessed coming and they are blessed going that they are a light in a dark place maybe on some days but the light does dispel the darkness and the word of God says thanks be unto God who gives them the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. And I thank you that they remain steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord in Jesus name. And everybody said, amen. And Tammy, I'm not leaving you out. You take care of children in daycares. Father, we lift them all up and we plead the blood of Jesus. And we thank you for Tammy and all those in this city that are taking care of little babies, precious children. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus name. How many of you have children in daycare? Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray right now for those people that are taking care of those little children, that they have the wisdom and just the things that have been prayed here tonight over others. They have wisdom. They have the anointing of God to bring a life to children that may be in not good situations, but in those few hours that they have them, they can speak the life of God and bring them through no matter what they're facing. And we thank you for it in Jesus name. Amen.
5: We hope this message encouraged you. Victor Christian Center is passionate about sharing the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus. Learn more about us at victorylafayette.org. If you don't know Jesus or maybe you've gotten distracted and stopped following Him, I'd like to pray for you right now. The most important decision you'll ever make involves accepting the love of Jesus and His gift of new life. I'd invite you to make this prayer your own and take this opportunity to begin to follow Jesus. God, I ask you to reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. I ask you to forgive the sin in my life that has kept me from enjoying a relationship with you. Give me a fresh start by changing my life and helping me to follow you from this point forward. I accept your love through Jesus, and I commit to trust your plan for my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time, please get in touch with us and let us know. To learn more about Victory or to contact us, visit us online at VictoryLafayette.org.